All right. Well, I think we're getting close uh, to being done with this series, but we, we didn't get through everything we needed to get through for the, our series that we called The Effects of Offense. So let's go ahead and put Proverbs 18:19 up on the screen. <clears throat> it says, Proverbs 18:19 gone over this a number of times. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like bars of a castle. In the New Living Translation, it says, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So offense is a serious thing. Offense is a powerful thing. Offense can separate you from somebody with whom you enjoyed close fellowship, with somebody who was a friend, somebody who was a spouse, somebody who's a sibling or another family member. Offense can separate us from people that we had a great relationship with. And so we need to be on guard. We need to understand how some of these things work. We need to know that Satan is trying to divide us. He's always trying to destroy. One of the ways he destroys is by getting people offended at each other so that they'll divide because people are weak, weaker when we're separate. We need one another, and especially the people that, that we've been joined to, whether it be our spouse or siblings, a co-worker, our church family. If we've been joined by God to somebody, and that's part of our God-given call, you know, God, God has one place for you to be right now. He doesn't have five. Now, different things change throughout your life, but at any given time, if you listen to him, he's got a place that you need to be. And uh, in, in all your, your facets, he's got a, a place of employment. He's got a church family. He, you know, if you're married, uh, that's the spouse you're supposed to be with. And so he tries, Satan will try to divide us and get us to be weak. Because if we're supposed to be in a relationship, and that's part of what God has for us, then to be out of that relationship is going to be harmful to us. And so he, Satan would try to divide you, try to get you separated, try to get you offended so that you step back. And when we're, when we're separated and when we're alone, we're weaker. And when we're offended, our, our attention is on the wrong thing. Our attention, we're preoccupied with the offense or the other person or how, we should, how they treated us or to get revenge or whatever, or wish they would, wouldn't have done that, and I wish this would happen to them. And we're not focused on God as much as we... You now, we, I'm not saying we're completely separated from God, but we're preoccupied. You're not as close to your spouse if you're, if you're in an argument and you're offended. You're not as close to your family members. You're not in, as close to your church family, if that's the case. So this is a powerful thing, and we need to know how to deal with these things. And we've been talking about different facets of this for... Uh, a number of weeks. Let's go ahead and go down to uh, Colossians. Let's go to Colossians 3, verse 12, and just read that. We'll put it up on the screen. We, um, we read some of these before, and I want to keep moving, get to what I really uh, need to cover tonight. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So verse 13 says, Bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so 
you also must do. So this is not always comfortable, but notice what it says. We're to bear with one another. What does that mean? You're to stay with people. That doesn't mean, like we, we touched on it last week, that doesn't mean you're just a doormat. That doesn't mean you put up with things that uh, when somebody's abusing you or harming you. No, you can forgive somebody. That doesn't mean you let the same thing happen over and over. That, there is a difference, and we touched on that last week some. Um, and you can go back and listen to that message. But we need to bear with one another. That means we, we stay with the people God has connected us with. We don't give up. It's easy to give up on people. But God has not called us to give up on people. He's called us to bear with one another. And He's called us to forgive one another. And He said, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So even as Jesus, God, forgave us, that's the example. That's what we're supposed to do. Notice, as He forgave us, so we also must do. Let's go to Ephesians 4.25. Again, we can just put this up on the screen. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, putting, or there, uh, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. We'll read, we'll read these verses and get to where we're going, verse 30. Let, let him who stole steal no longer but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Notice that. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. It's easy to get hard-hearted. It's easy to start getting calloused. You know, if you've dealt with somebody, and we just, if we're dealing with somebody else, and, you know, as a human, then we're going to deal with their flaws. We're going to, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter who they are. You get two people that are dealing with each other, and the closer you deal with them, the more you're going to see their flaws. And there's no perfect person on the face of the earth. There's no, there's no perfect spouse. There's no perfect dad. There's no perfect mom. There's no perfect sibling. There's no perfect employer, no perfect pastor, no perfect church people, no perfect church and if it was perfect, the moment you got there, it'd be imperfect. <laughs> Any of us got there? Because think about it. If there's somebody at perfect, it does not exist. That means it doesn't have any humans in it. Yeah, we have a perfect church. Well, who's in it? Who's even talking about the perfect church? I mean, because the person talking cannot be factually talking about a perfect church if they're in it. It's true. You could have a church of one, and it's not perfect, unless we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, which we're not, because we're talking about earth. So we are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. 
But notice it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. It's easy to get callous when you start dealing with other people. It's easy to be hard on other people. And, well, you know, that's just the way I am. I mean, I'm trying. Come on, forgive me. But then they do something and boom. She quit doing that. That annoys me. I don't like it when you do that, right? And after a while, you can just be like, you get started to get hard. But that's not what God said. He said, be tenderhearted. Be kind. What is that? Kind, nice, gentle, not like, not rough. It's easy to get rough. But notice it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So again, it's coming back to, we're supposed to act this way to our fellow brothers and sisters. Why? Because God, through Jesus, forgave us. And that's a big deal. And so we have precedent. We know that he forgave us. We know that he loves us and is bearing with us. You know, we read in the other verse, bearing with one another. Well, let me ask you a question. Is God bearing with you? Do we want God to bear with us? Do we want God to be patient with us? Do we want him to be merciful with us? Well, we need to be that way with others. And that's not easy. It's so easy for us to go, God, have mercy. I'm trying my best, right? But when it comes to somebody else, I've watched you do that over and over. Would you just grow up? Now, I'm not, again, we talked about last week, there's certain things, somebody's doing things over and over. We need to take uh, steps Potentially, we need to deal with it, but there's a difference between dealing with the, the outcome and dealing with some of the behavior and our attitude in our heart. You know, you can forgive somebody, you can be tender-hearted to them, but you're just going to put things in place that they're, they're not going to be able to physically hurt you, they're not going to harm you, they're not going to steal from you. There's wisdom. But your attitude in your heart could be like, I love you, you're just not going to do that anymore. But, it, but if we're, we could be doing the right thing and letting them do something, but have the wrong attitude, and that's way worse to just be, you know, hard and bitter because we are actually stopping up God's ability to do all he wants for us. Now, it's not his heart that's changed, but there's legalities. I mean, if we're going to hold it over somebody else's head and then turn around and go, God, have mercy on me. It's hard because you've stopped up the flow. See, if we want it to flow through us, we need it to flow. If we want it to flow into us, we need to let it flow through us. If we stop it up and go, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, if it's blocked, it's not going to flow from God to what? It's just going to bottle up here. So we need to understand that. And people say, well, but I, you know, God, you love me. Yeah, but we need to understand. We need to cooperate with the laws he's put into um, place. Mark eleven twenty five. Go ahead and we'll just put that on the screen. We're going to turn to another scripture here in a moment. But Mark eleven twenty five says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. 
In Amplified, it says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. Does that mean you're not saved? Well, no, if you look at other scriptures, we don't need to get into some of those things. We need to just look at what the scripture says and know that this isn't a light thing. You're not going to go to hell. That's not the unpardonable sin. But obviously there are ramifications. Do we want to walk in complete, uh, complete clearance with God and complete flow, flow through. Do we want to go so where we're going to Him and there is nothing between us? Do you realize if we're going to Him and asking Him for something, it, as a born-again Christian, your heart is going to bother you if we look inside, if we're holding something against somebody. Because we're called to walk in love. God is love. And if we try to ignore it and act like it's not there, now we're starting to push down things and it's harder to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about what Jesus did on the cross. We're not talking about being in the family of God. We're talking about walking things out. And, and, and the Bible says that when you, go to, when you stand praying, if you have something against somebody, then you need to take care of it before you pray. It's just a law. It's just something we need to cooperate. Now, now this is not... we got to we got to watch it because the sa Satan will try to get you in condemnation over this. But what we need to understand is, if we understand what the devil tries to do, and we understand God's heart, then we can go before God and do what he said us we, we're to do in faith. You don't have to feel everything. You could, see, why would you, you can walk in faith in this area just like you can in any area. Do you go by feelings when you're walking by faith? So what if you don't feel like forgiving somebody? Does that mean you just can't do it? Well, put that to any other thing. Well, I just don't feel healed, so I must not be healed. Well, that's completely against what the Word would teach. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So what if you don't feel like it? Can you still forgive somebody? Yes, you can. You can do it by faith. Amen. Because the Bible says we can do it. So we can say, I forgive you. I absolve you. Your emotions may still be bothering you. Well, if you've just forgiven somebody, you know, you're just not going to have anything. You can do it by faith in the middle of when your emotions are still feeling it. If you have to wait till your emotions line up, then why should we walk by faith? That means you have to wait for the money to show up. You have to wait for the symptoms to go. You have to wait for, uh, you know, the job to open up before you step out in faith. You can step out and say, I forgive you because the word says it and I can do it. And I forgive you by faith and trust God for you to walk it out. If God said we can do it, we can do it. What are your emotions? Where does it say if you are really having a hard time emotionally, then it just doesn't work? Where does it say that with what we just read? And I, I challenge you to find any other place in the Bible where it says that. It doesn't talk about this is, this is contingent on how you feel about it. Thank God it doesn't say that. Right? We'd be so messed up if all the promises of, promises of God were contingent on how we feel about it. 
No, we need to just take it by faith, act on it by faith. We can do it by faith. Get it out of the way. And just come boldly. Well, God, you said I could forgive them, so I forgive them. I'm going to enjoy being with you. You know, they messed up. They hurt me. I don't, I'm not happy about it, but I forgive them. And Lord, help me with the rest. I'm going to forgive them. You show me how to walk this thing out. But as for this thing, they're absolved. But again, that doesn't mean I'm going to be a doormat. I might deal with some stuff, and I might put some stuff in place. But you're forgiven, and my heart attitude is free towards you. And if you don't feel it, you walk it out anyway. You forgive by faith. Amen. Matthew 6.14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you forgive your trespasses. In the New International Version, it says, If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Does that mean you're not saved? No. That doesn't mean you're not saved, but the Bible talks about your sins being forgiven. Confess your sins. And if you don't forgive and you're har harboring bitterness in your, hand, your, your heart, that's a sin anyway. You're, you're stepping over, and now what en the enemy already got, they, may did, they did something wrong. But if we're starting to over anything for the New, new Covenant Christian, anything that is against the law of love is, that, is sin. So if we start walking against that, what our conscience is telling us, what our voice or our spirit is telling us, then we're actually starting to move in the wrong direction, and it, your conscience will bother you. And if we override that, then that's when we start to miss it. And if we override our conscience, that's when it's easy to you start desensitizing. Because if you don't listen to God there, you start desensitizing. Now, these are just the way things work. I understand, and the Bible teaches. We have emotions. We are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. We are not just a spirit. We have emotions, and they are powerful, but we cannot let our emotions dominate us. And I understand, and, the word, and God understands, that going through certain things, you know, people get legalistic about that, just, well, you just do it. Well, we, un we had to understand there are powerful emotions associated. Somebody hurts you, you're going to deal with emotions about it, but we are, and it's not a condemnation. We just got to get past that. We have to get past it by trusting God and acknowledging, yes, Lord, I'm hurting, this hurts, but I am not going to compound it by being an unforgiveness to this person and now gum up my flow because of what they did. If nothing else, say, you're not worth it. They're not worth me getting off. You're not worth me losing my joy and me being preoccupied with you. You messed up. I'm not going to mess up because you messed up. I forgive you. I'm absolving you. Now, Lord, you help me walk this out. I'm trusting you. I glorify you. And as Christ forgave me, I am going to forgive them. And I'm going on and I'm walking above by your grace and your strength. Amen. We stay on the side that we are overcomers, not that, well, I just can't forget. We just made ourselves a victim then. We authorize ourselves to be caught in this trap. We're saying, well, I just can't do it. We are taking sides against God. 
If God said we could do it, then by faith we can do it and we can trust Him to help us get over the emotional hurt and to walk victorious and to walk above in this earth. Glory to God. God's faithful. All right, why don't you turn over to Matthew 18. <clears throat> and can we do this? We can do it. If the Christ told us these things, then number one, they're truth. Number, one, number two, he's not going to ask us thing, to do stuff and command us to do things that we cannot do. We may feel like we cannot do it. That's a totally different thing. Good night. If we went by what we felt like we could do, we have lost. There are times when I don't feel like I can preach, but you know what? You, you do it by faith, and God is always faithful. If we go by what we feel like we can do, we are missing it. We are basically cutting off the blessing of God. Well, I just, I can't do that. Well, we, we know we're done already. Matthew 18, verse 21. Y'all there? Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. See, he thinks... He's being generous here. Peter's came and said, Lord, you know, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? Seven times good? That's pretty good, right? I mean, seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's not even saying 490. That's like many times as it takes. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So he's going to go into a parable here. But notice, Jesus said, I don't say seven times. I say seven times seven. That's, that's just saying a whole lot. Basically, I mean, can you imagine forgiving somebody 490 times? Do you, do you imagine what, what you would feel like? How many, you know, if you do the math on that in a day, I don't even know. The waking hours, I don't even know what it comes out to be. If you're, you know, it depends on how many hours you're up. But it's a lot. And it, I, I dare say it would be annoying. Seventy times seven. Therefore, kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about these numbers in a minute. But this guy owed him 10,000 talents. So a certain king wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now 10,000 talents, a talent, is a measurement of weight. It's one thing says usually 58 to 80 pounds. One talent of silver was worth more than 15 years' wages. One talent of silver. Gold was worth even more. 10,000 talents would be incon an inconceivable amount for this servant. Imagine, if it's 15 years' wages for a talent of silver. One. 
And there is 10,000 talents. That is many, many lifetimes. It's, 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 un, it's inconceivable. So it's billions and billions of dollars in our, in our currency. So this, this king goes to his servants. And so one comes to him, and this guy owed billions of dollars, and he's a servant. So how is that servant ever going to make enough money? He can't make enough money, let alone have enough money for debt service in many, many lifetimes. So this is like impossible. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So he forgave him this ridiculous debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. That, that's about a hundred days' wages for a laborer. So about a third of a laborer's salary, an annual salary. So in our dollars, depending on how much somebody makes, you know, if they made $50,000, make it easy, $60,000 a year, this is like $20,000. You know, if they make $30,000 a year, this is like $10,000. This is so far out of, you know, whack compared to the billions. I mean, we're not talking about millions. We're not talking about $10,000 compared to a million dollars. We're talking about $10,000 compared to billions. I mean, most people, you'd have a shot at paying $10,000 in a lifetime. Billions... Many billions, it's not, even, it's not even really a possibility for the majority of people. So the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants that owed him a, a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet, or his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Notice he's, say, he's, he's saying the same thing that this servant had said. Have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not and went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not, if you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now, our point tonight is not to go into that. I mean, we're not, we, we'd have to contradict other scriptures to say, if you didn't forgive somebody, you're going to hell, okay? But you can see this is not a light thing. This is not a small thing. And we have seen in multiple scriptures, Jesus, or the, the word tells us, as Christ forgave you, 
You are to forgive. We are to forgive other people. Now, our debt, what we had against us with God, is simply not payable by anything we could do. It's not. We, it might as well be billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, quadrillion dollars, because we, we could not pay anything to God to overcome that debt. It's impossible. So we are, in relation to God, like the servant with the king. We cannot pay it. Yet, we were forgiven, and we had grace bestowed on us, and God, through Christ, forgave us, as we read. He extended that mercy and that grace to us so that any that call on him would be saved. Nothing we could do. It's impossible. We can't pay it back. We can't do anything. Doesn't matter our status in life. Doesn't matter how much money we have. Doesn't matter who our family is. We, can, we simply can't pay it back. And so then we interact with other people and they do things that we don't like. They may slight us. They may, they may do something that is, by, the, by men's standard, fairly major. But it doesn't compare to what God in Christ forgave us. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter. The worst thing that somebody could do on earth does not compare to what God did through Jesus. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's the worst thing everybody, anybody has ever seen. That person that committed an atrocity can still be accepted into heaven through the blood of Jesus if they would repent. And that is grace. The worst person that has ever walked the face of the earth, if the worst thing anybody's done, if they will turn to God and through the Lord Jesus, call on his name, believe from their heart, that he's the risen Christ, they can be saved. And so what we deal with with our fellow men is not that level of debt. Now I know the, th the things hurt, they're not fun, but they're not what Jesus or God through Jesus forgave us. They're, they're simply not. And so, th and that's exactly where this is going this parable. It's saying, look, we have been forgiving something that there's no way we could pay. Now, when we hold somebody and say, I'm not going to forgive you. I will not do it. I don't want to do it. You did this to me. No, we are just like this person. I know our emotion will cry out, but they did. But if we were to put it, if we were to see it on paper, if that's even possible, what we owe or owed and what our sin and our guilt before God looked like, and what the other person did to us, it would look very much like the parable we just read. And so we all have a choice. We can look and say, what is this guy, what is he thinking? He was just forgiven this unimaginable debt, yet he is taking it to this other guy and saying, you're going to pay me. But that is exactly what we are tempted to do when somebody crosses us and we are tempted to be offended and tempted not to forgive them. And when we harden ourselves and become calloused, we are falling into this trap of not forgiving 
them for something that doesn't compare to what we've been forgiven from, of. And it's a trap. It's, it, it, is, it looks exactly the same as this parable. It's the same thing. And if we understand, instead of looking at what they did, look at what Jesus did. And say, Jesus, God Almighty, through Christ, you forgave me so much. I will not let this little thing. And we have to call it the way it is, even if it's huge in our life. If we will put it in relation to God, because this is always how we overcome in life, is we put things in perspective to our Father. A problem may look huge in our resources until we put it up against His resources, and all of a sudden, it is not a big problem. A disease may look like it is terminal. There's no way a human can do anything about it until we put it up against the Almighty who create, created everything and a little blip of His power can change it. Then it's not a big thing anymore. And when we are crossed and we're tempted to be offended and to get into unforgiveness, we have to take what those people did or the person did to us and put it up against what Jesus did for us and realize His grace is sufficient and regardless of what they did, I, I have been forgiven so much, and God, through your grace and your strength, I will forgive the person, and I will glorify what you did, and through your strength, I will overcome, and I will walk in victory. It may be impossible by what men can do humanly. Nobody can walk in the face of that in, in a human terms and just be able to forgive and be able to walk on, but through God's grace and his strength, we can. We can. Amen. We can overcome. That's victorious because then no matter what happens, that, that does not bind us. It doesn't carry us down. We walk as God would have us to walk and realize, Lord, you forgave me so much. Lord, I release them. And I choose just to stay in your joy, in your peace, walk, and let the love of God just flow through me, even though humanly that's impossible. Glory to God. An offense then does not take us down. Forgiveness flows in our life. And, and through time, as we walk it out, God can restore our emotions. He can restore our, our mentality. He can restore what Satan tried to steal. He can restore it. He's faithful.